Hello, and welcome to episode 24 of Catch Me Outside. I'm excited to finally be covering the Bruce Trail. And not only are we talking about Canada's longest and oldest continuous hiking trail, which stretches for 900 kilometers from Niagara Falls north to Georgian Bay, uh, but today I'll also be joined by Zuena Gray, the first modern black woman to through-hike the trail. I say modern because the trail has extensive black history and at least partially follows the route black abolitionists and freedom seekers took north through Ontario after they entered Canada from the U.S. via the Underground Railroad. It's estimated that more than 30,000 freedom seekers and formerly enslaved people made their way into Canada throughout the early and mid-19th century via the Underground Railroad. Many, including Harriet Tubman, entered via the old International Suspension Bridge in Niagara Falls, which is close to the southern terminus of the Bruce Trail. In fact, Harriet Tubman lived in St. Catharines, Ontario from 1851 to 1862 and crossed back into the United States 19 times, risking her life to support the cause. She was one of the most famous conductors of the Underground Railroad. Because of its proximity to the border, southwestern Ontario has a lot of important historical sites connected to this period of Black history, including Uncle Tom's Cabin in Dresden, Sandwich First Baptist Church in Windsor, Buxton National Historic Site in Chatham, John Freeman Walls Museum near Windsor, and six other historic sites in St. Catharines alone. So many communities along the trail have stories of influential Black historical figures, community leaders, entrepreneurs, and pioneers. In the Beaver Valley section of the trail, hikers can take a detour to the Black History Museum near Thornbury to learn about Black settlers, um, settlements, and pioneers in the area. In the Sydenham section of the trail, the city of Owen Sound has an award-winning Black History exhibit and hosts an annual Emancipation Festival. Another crossing that was often used by freedom seekers on the Underground Railroad was one close to home for Zuena, Detroit. Zuena studies environmental sciences here in Ontario now, but actually grew up in Detroit. The more she learned about the legacy of Black history in Southern Ontario, the more she wanted to learn and share with others. She came up with a plan and called it the Black on the Bruce Project. She would hike the entire trail over May and June this year with her friend Sima. And along the way, she would showcase Black joy in nature, highlight the Black history of the Bruce Trail, and teach about sustainability. Camping is not allowed on most of the trail, so Zwena and Sima spent many nights staying with hosts and made a lot of new friends along the way. They planned to finish at the northern terminus in Tobermory on June 6th and actually made it there three days ahead of schedule on June 3rd. Today, Zwena talks about the technical aspects of her hike, what she learned about Black history and Black joy on the trail, her favorite sections, favorite meals, and so much more. Before we get started, I wanted to say that my sources for today's intro are the article Detroiter Aims to Be the First Modern-Day Black Woman to Hike a Canadian Underground Railroad Trail by Black Like Us, the article The Underground Railroad and Black History on the Bruce Trail, which can be found on the Bruce Trail uh, Club website, and the Niagara Falls Underground Railroad Heritage Center. Anyway... I'm Megan Delaire, this is Catch Me Outside, and without further delay, let's get to it. Hi, Zwina. <laughs> 
thanks for coming over and, and agreeing to be on the show. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm really excited that, yeah, that we were able to connect and, and make this happen. Because, um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm just so impressed by the fact that you did the whole trail in like how, how many weeks was it? Was it was five weeks, 39 days. 39 days. Yep. 900 kilometers. Yep. Oh, my God. Um, <clears throat> so I know you you finished early. I think you started in, when did you start? So we started April 30th and then finished on June 3rd. Oh my God. Um, did you, did you always feel like you were ahead of schedule? Cause I think you were like three days ahead of schedule, right? Yeah. We were yeah. originally planning to finish on the, I think we had chosen the eighth maybe. Yeah. And then we ended up deciding that we wanted to finish on the third to give ourselves like more time to just decompress a little bit after like before my hiking partner had to go home yeah yeah and so your partner was uh Sima 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 oh sorry yeah all good Sima and um can you tell me a little about Sima like how did you uh how did you end up deciding to do the trail together um yeah yeah so uh Sima and I met at a art school in California um and like at the art school we had gone on like a like couple trips together like a biking trip in California and then a climbing trip together and like we got along really well and we were friends and everything so when I like decided that I wanted to do the Bruce Trail I like started like looking for like people who could possibly be uh like do the trail with me and Sim was like one of the people that were interested and uh it just worked out like geography wise because she was also in Canada at the time oh cool and so like we just figured out that it would like work and uh, she also has like a lot, of, a lot of like adventure experience, and this would be like both of our first like through hikes. So we felt like it would be something like a shared accomplish that like we, accomplishment that we really wanted to do together. That's so awesome. It's yeah. It sounds like it was, it was just like, all the timing and everything was just so perfect. How how did you guys work together um, on the trail? Yeah, it was a really. I felt like Sima was a great hiking partner because. A lot of the like things that like the things that I was worse at on the trail, Sima kind of like picked up and was better at. I'm like a very logistically led, like planning type person. And so Sima was definitely the person to like remind us both to like slow down and take in the environment at times and not get so like wrapped up into like the logistics and the planning. Um, And so that was always like a really good reminder. And also just like being able to be so like being so different sometimes also like sparked really great conversations like on the trail and we always would talk about things in the mornings like and also it all of that kind of balanced out Sima provided a great balance for the trail yeah that's that's really awesome that's like the best case scenario yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it is um so what so like as you got the word out about your hike um, before you started, what was the response like? Like, I know a, um, a few people came forward and offered places to sleep and stuff like that. Um, yeah, how was the response? Yeah, I would say that in terms of like the beforehand planning for the trail was like a really uh, positive response, but also too, it was a hard ask to figure out like planning for a trail like the Bruce Trail that doesn't have much infrastructure for through hiking. Um, and so just being able to like get people to offer places for us to stay and like help out with a lot of like offering rides and shuttles doing the trail required like a lot of support from 
like community so a lot of like the work before starting the trail was just like figuring out like the right people to talk to and definitely like leaning on people for support yeah but did you find enough people kind of came through like of course you had to do the work to ask for that in the first place which is hard but yeah I definitely found like there's a lot of people that like came through and also too sometimes it was like we didn't have somebody for like one section but then like you kind of just have to start the trail and then like those people come up as you're hiking so not everything that like not every place that we had planned to stay was planned like ahead of the trail right sometimes it was just like through like hiking and then people like kind of building like a trust with you yeah because it takes a lot for somebody to let you into like their home space yeah uh more people stepped forward once we were on the trail and we got closer to their area so like sometimes like it wasn't like planned like that far in advance it was just like through being on the trail we met people and people started to know us more like seeing us on the trail and everything and then they felt more comfortable like offering us a place to stay that's cool and um yeah, did, so you did you find that, like, you kind of built momentum as you went in terms of, like, getting the word out about what you were doing and why you were doing it and that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that it, the project built momentum as we were hiking and just doing the whole trail uh, because people, like, knew us more just through, like, the even the small, like, Bruce Trail hiking community. Yeah. Um, like, a, a lot of the times, like, on the trail, people would, like, see us and, like, recognize us from, like, different Facebook posts. Um, and so like, it felt really nice to be supported by so many people. Nice. That's awesome. And so, so yeah, the project, um, the project that you were working on black on the Bruce, um, how did that come about? Yeah. So when I decided to do the Bruce trail, like I've been doing like a lot of like outdoor adventure, like in the past. And so like I found out about the Bruce trail and then I learned that there is a connection to the underground railroad. And that kind of sparked my interest for wanting to do, do like more of a deep dive, like while hiking the trail about learning about that black history and kind of like sharing some of the information I learned, especially because I had really not heard that much about like the Underground Railroad in Ontario specifically. So I felt like it was really interesting, like a really interesting history. And then I kind of wanted to connect that and like share uh, not only like the history, but like the active like work of like being in the environment and like hiking as a black woman and sharing that perspective like as I was on the trail. Yeah, yeah, and I know um, like you had sort of like you just touched on you had like three um, missions or like goals of the project, right? So one was teaching about um, sustainability uh, in the black community, and then highlighting the black history of the trail, and then showcasing black joy in the outdoors. And so were there like in what unexpected ways did you meet these goals or or, or did you realize that you'd met them? Mm-hmm. I think for in terms of black joy, like the way that the unexpected the way that I kind of tapped into that was like learning like when to like take a break and rest, whether that be like physically or just like mentally and emotionally on the trail. Like, we didn't plan any zero days for the entire hike, but we, yeah, we did take one zero day, and that was, like, after the Buffalo shooting happened in the grocery store, and after, like, just kind of, like, we got on the trail, like, that day, and then just realized, like, oh, like, at least I realized for myself that I needed a break, Um, so that's, like, when we took our first zero day, and so I think in that sense, like, I kind of realized that like a lot of 
like black joy for me was being out on the, the trail but it was also like knowing when to take a break and take a rest like when needed just to like process different things yeah yeah that's that's fair yeah i can Im- yeah i can imagine that would have been really hard to just kind of go about things like like everything's fine and yeah um well have you heard from many people who your project reached or like who who learned something from it or who were like you know touched by it or um yeah have you heard from people yeah I definitely got to like build a community while hiking the Bruce Trail whether that be like with some of the hosts that we stayed with I'm still in contact with uh some of them so like I get a chance to like even message them just like post trail and then also to widening the like community and the amount of people that I know who are doing like who run like black outdoor organizations a lot of like we had one day where we had maybe like 20 to 25 people come out and like join us for a hike whoa and like family friends like different people like we had like somebody that runs a project called diverse nature collective let's hike toronto uh, even somebody that runs BIPOC Outdoor Gear Library. Oh, in Black, Guelph? Yeah, yeah, Black Canadian hikers. Uh, they all came out uh, and supported. That's so cool. Yeah. Where did where did that happen? Uh, that was in Hamilton. In Hamilton? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And so would that have been in like the Iroquois section? Yeah, that was in the Iroquois section. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love that section. Um, and can you tell me, I know you met with a, a couple of historians, um, who were like descendants of people yeah. who came to Canada via the Underground Railroad. Um, can you tell me about that, about like meeting them and talking to them? Yeah. So the first historian that I got a chance to talk to, uh, was in St. Catharines, uh, Rochelle Bush, and she worked with the Harriet Tubman Museum in St. Catharines. And so we got a chance to go to the museum. They were working on some, like a new, like renovation there. And then we also went to like Richard Pierpoint Park in St. Catharines and uh, kind of just I think what's similar about both of the historians that we met with in St. Catharines and also Grey Roots Museum was that the way that the history was told was through like a storytelling perspective uh, which was like very different than what I'm used to in like a museum like setting and so it was really nice to kind of like see how they're like the history of the Underground Railroad and Freedom Seekers was so alive. Yeah. Like in, in Grey Roots Museum, uh, people like descendants of Freedom Seekers had actually given certain artifacts uh, artifacts to the museum to be shown. Oh, wow. And so there is like actually like uh, connections to like people who had like given that thing, uh, given things uh, for their story to be told and like continue to be sold. Nice. Yeah. So were there um, were there things that you learned about the history of the trail that you didn't know before you started? Oh, definitely. I, I learned like a lot of kind of, well, actual like th- things about the Bruce Trail itself and kind of yeah. how it was made. Um, and then also, I think kind of connecting that to like the research I was doing about the Underground Railroad. I learned a lot about how like and how people went from St. Ca- Catharines all the way to uh, like, why is Owen Sound? That's where Owen we were. Sound? Sorry, the it just totally left my mind. But people uh, were going to Owen Sound, and even I think that was the cool thing about walking the trail is that when people imagine like what was that journey like from like the places in the, in the U.S. to Owen Sound, actually doing that hike shows you really how far that is because St. Catharines was the first week, and we didn't hit Owen Sound until. I think maybe the fourth week. So that was four oh, weeks wow. of walking for us. Oh and people God. that were like 
Seeking Freedom did that in like a lot shorter of a time and the conditions were like a lot different because there wasn't a established trail there. So I think it gave myself like a little bit more perspective of possibly what that journey was like for freedom seekers coming into yeah. Canada. Like the physical challenge. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I feel like it's not something that, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but when I, you know, like even when I learned about the Underground Railroad as a kid, like you didn't really hear about the physical challenge, like yeah. how hard it was. Um, so yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bruce is like, I know you said at the time there was not an established trail, but even the trail that's there is like very rugged. Yeah, definitely. Like it's, it's not as easy as probably a lot of people think in, in, in a lot of sections. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's, that's really cool. And so, um, clearly the trail itself is, is pretty rugged, but it, like in general, what were what were some of the most challenging like aspects of the hike for you? I think the most challenging aspect like in the beginning was just like the consistency of doing a through hike. Yeah. And like waking up every day and like hiking and kind of getting into like a type of ritual about what works for your body and how are you going to sustain this for like a long period of time. Because I think, like, a mistake that I made in the first week was, like, super muddy, like, super downhill. And because I was like, oh, like, usually when I'm going downhill, I'll just, like, run that. Mm -hmm. But you can't necessarily do that if you're doing that every day for five weeks. And my knees definitely, like, learned a lesson, like, the hard way. Um, And so I think that, like, the challenge was in the beginning is getting, figuring out, like, what that ritual looks like. We did, like the habit that I got into was like come back like cold like cold soak the feet like ice the knee wrap the knee in k-tape and kind of just do that preventative work yeah and also like when you're hiking like taking it like slow and kind of doing a more technical style of hiking where like you're not like I wasn't just like running down hills (laughs) but being more careful about my body and more aware and like taking breaks too Instead of just like, okay, like we have this many kilometers to do today. Let's just like get it all out the way. Yeah. Um, Actually taking time because like those breaks and like taking like the maintenance of your body is how you do a trail so long. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I just talked to somebody about this last week, but for people who have experience already doing like shorter hikes, you kind of think like it's the same thing, but longer. But I think without having done it myself and just having talked to a lot of people who have like, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not the same thing yeah, at all. Definitely. Like it's everything is compounded cause you're doing it over so much more time. Mm-hmm. And like, you just have to like find different strategies and approaches and things like that. Um, what did you do to prepare for this hike? Um, I did. a. I think that it was funny because I like say a lot of the time that um, a lot of the preparation physically like the training for the trail really did not help me at all on the trail like I did a lot of like it's kind of funny thinking about it now (laughs) I did a lot of like sit-ups a lot of like (laughs) lifting weights it sounds funny and silly but I actually bought like adjustable (laughs) weights um and I did like a lot of strength training yeah but if I were to like recommend to somebody like what to do to like train for a through hike I think like doing what you would be doing on the trails like Mm. it like practice like standing up all day Mm. or like being on your feet 
or like eating dehydrated meals like three times a day to like get your body adjusted like actually doing things that you would be doing on the trail I think that like less gym time would have been useful and more just like just spending more time like hiking and like I was doing that but also like I did spend like some gym time so I I thought like the training aspect was kind of funny because (laughs) I don't necessarily think that it was that much of a benefit to me (laughs) Well, it's funny you say that because I've actually heard a lot of people say that you should do strength yeah. training, like that you should do all the things that you were doing. So I don't know. Yeah, like, I guess it just really depends on like and I think the training that you need to do depends also super on your body. Yeah, because that's something that I realized on the trails, like the way that like different things like affected myself and my hiking partner's bodies were completely different even though we were like hiking the same amount every day. Yeah. Um, And so just kind of like I think it's. I would recommend like tuning in and like figuring out like what do I need to do to put my body in the best physical state to like hike every day yeah like what what are the foods that like make me feel good every day like what are the foods that like I need to eat like what are the best shoes for me like testing out your shoes like yeah foot care is like super important on the trail um and so doing all those things I think like for the next big hike I'm definitely gonna up um, doing all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I mean like it's so helpful that you were able to learn it all on this and, and, uh, like adapt quickly enough to like not get injured and have to get off the trail yeah. or something like that. Cause that doesn't always happen. Sometimes people, you know, like either they don't listen to their body or, or it's like too late to do anything yeah. and then they end up with like compound, you know, like stress injuries mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And yeah, the Bruce trail is like, it's not, it's not easy underfoot. It's yeah. like hard on your ankles and joints. It's so bumpy and, and lumpy and up and down. Yeah, for sure. Um, what what was your favorite section of the trail? Definitely the peninsula. I'm sure like a lot of people say that because the peninsula is just gorgeous. Like the water is super clear. It's freezing. We <laughs> yeah. definitely did not swim even though it was June. But it was beautiful. It was just so gorgeous. And it doesn't even look... Like, I never even knew that th- that existed in Ontario. So for myself, like, it gave me a completely different view of Ontario. Yeah. Um, and then also, too, like, beyond, like, the northern parts and the southern parts, I think my favorite section was probably, like, the Iroquois. Because you there's a lot of, like, great lookouts there. And also, too, I think one of, like, our favorite, like, one of our favorite moments was, like, seeing Toronto. Yeah. And then, like, getting closer to Toronto as we hiked because, like, that was kind of... Sometimes when you're on the trail, it's hard to tell, like, if you're actually, like, even going anywhere, like, at least in, like, a daily, like, thing. Sometimes we'd, like, have, like, a super long day. We spend, like, 10 hours on the trail, and then, like, we get picked up by our host, and then we drive back, like, the drive to their house would be five minutes, and we'd just be like, oh, wow, we just (laughs) spent, like, nine hours hiking for, like, a five-minute drive. And so I think, like, actually having to set, like, see a landmark get closer, that felt really good because, yeah sometimes on the trail it just feels like you're on a hamster wheel (laughs) (laughs) yeah I feel that was it comforting like seeing the city and knowing like you have family in in more or less like in the city like yeah definitely it definitely was I think that's what made it good about starting in Niagara is that we had like that comfort close to us and then like by the time we were stronger and everything we were a bit further away yeah um but it was nice as a start to be close to people that's cool yeah um yeah. Okay. So, so you touched on this a little bit already. You've talked about hosts, but yeah, on the, on the Bruce trail compared to a lot of long distance hikes, 
there are like really kind of few places I think where you can camp, like especially in the south the south portion. Oh, definitely. Um. So, well, first of all, like how many nights do you reckon you you camped? So like tent setting up, I would say maybe like 30 to set like 30 percent like camping 70 percent like different setups okay because sometimes like even if we wouldn't like sometimes it would be we had a various amount of things like yeah. we had like ski hills or we were like camping on like the top of a ski hill Whoa. that was really fun or we had like camping like on like a like on like a cow pasture whoa yeah like at somebody's property they lived like they had tons of cows and we got to like camp there and (laughs) we like somebody had like an rv and we stayed in their rv sometimes it'd be like a backyard sometimes like it would be like we even stayed in like a storage unit kind of whoa yeah we had like a very like it was very varied like what we would be like doing okay um and also like there's kind of always the option to like camp out I think as we started to get more north, mm-hmm. we wanted to use our tents more because yeah. we were just excited about our gear. We had gotten like all this new gear for the trip and we wanted to be using it. Yeah. Um, so like, especially when we were in beautiful areas, like if there's a backyard like available at the p- person's at the whole house, we would like ask to stay in there. Instead of like coming in the house yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 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 Like you just want to use your tent. That's so cool. So, so not all of the hosts necessarily were like come sleep in a bed host like sometimes it was just like we have this spot where you can pitch your tent or we have this like shelter you can use or something like that yeah that's so cool um yeah so and then yeah so how did you make all of that happen I guess that was just like reaching out to people or 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 putting a call out online or yeah a lot of calls where we had so like our big one of our big like supporters for the trail was the Toronto Bruce Trail Club. Yeah. And so, like, we were very lucky to have, like, one of their board members do, like, a lot of the outreach in terms of finding hosts. And, like, we had so many spreadsheets. And, like, that was a big help because when you actually start on the trail, it's hard to, like, hike for, like, 8 to 10 hours a day and then come back, call the hosts, put together a spreadsheet, add people to the spreadsheet. So I think having that support from someone who was able to kind of, like, not be on the trail but, like, be the person to like organize stuff and then like our position would be to like text the host three days before like call and check in with them yeah and we just like go through the like I go through the spreadsheet every night to see like where are we staying the next day and we'd organize it but I think having it would be very difficult to do without having that support like person or the support people on the back end to help with that like putting calls out seeing where we're missing Um, and doing that like day-to-day planning yeah yeah like um what if if somebody was listening to this and they were thinking that they might want to through hike the bruce as well um what's a piece of advice you would give them in terms of getting their accommodations together definitely like reaching out on the facebook groups i think like, I would never really use Facebook before the Bruce Trail because, like, I don't know. I was Good just for not you. really a Facebook <laughs> person. But I had to learn, like, to use Facebook a little bit more, like, while hiking the Bruce because there's a lot of groups on there where you can reach out to people. So I think really just, like, Facebook group and giving yourself enough time to plan. Like, I planned, like, the Bruce Trail in over, like, within a year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, giving yourself ample time to do accommodation planning. Yeah. Okay, I have to know because I don't know. 
I don't know what the bugs are like in Michigan, um, but they're like really bad in Ontario and you would have noticed that on your hike. So yeah, how how did you deal with the bugs on, personally? And I've talked about this on the show before. I have such an issue with the bugs in this province that like I don't even, I don't go backpacking in June or July. I just yeah. don't bother. I do other things. So like I really admire <laughs> anyone who like who toughs it out like you did. Um, but yeah, how did you how did you deal with the bugs yeah. and ticks and stuff? Uh, oh yeah, honestly, we we like we're really lucky to like miss a lot of it because oh, we good. started in April, right? And it was like literally the second day on the trail, it was like there's snow flurries. Oh wow! And so like when there when the bugs started to come out, I would say it was maybe mid May. Okay. And so like maybe like half of the trail, it was like warm enough for there to be bugs. But we got a lot of good advice. Like there's a couple super buggy, like bad days. And we just like bug net like all the time. And a camelback, like a, a container, which is basically a container where you carry water, which has a straw, yeah. is completely necessary because if you would have to like pull out your water bottle and stop every time. So I think the way that we kind of went about it was just by like not stopping. Yeah. Like, <laughs> We did like this thing called the Margaret method because we met this woman who's done the Bruce Trail end to end 11 times. Oh my God. And she came out and hiked with us one day. And like when we were hiking with her, she didn't stop for a break, but instead she just like ate a cliff bar yeah. and kept going. And so we like adopted the method of like every, she would do like eat a cliff bar every 10 kilometers. We would eat one every 5K yeah. and then just like keep hiking. And so that really helped because we also like learned from this other like random person on the trail that said if you hike faster than four clicks an hour, the bugs won't follow you like <laughs> faster than four kilometers an hour. Yeah, yeah. And surprisingly, like it, it actually is true. Like they yeah. can't follow you that fast. Yeah. So we would just like hike really fast and not take any like try to not stop. And if we did stop, just like stay bug net, like stay yeah. in the bug net. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's. I guess that that's pretty much what you can do. Like yeah. just stay bug netted and and don't stop. Yeah. When I do have to hike in bug season, that's what I do mm-hmm. too. I just like I always have snacks in a fanny pack yeah. and then I have my water. I have like a water bottle on each side here and I just like eat and drink yeah. and I don't stop. Yeah. Uh cuz yeah, it's It's very like and I think the time period was just perfect because by the time that the bugs got like warm enough here, it still wasn't warm enough in like the northern parts. Yeah. So like we really missed like the whole bug season. Like we didn't get any ticks at all. Good for like we that's always good. did tick checks and we never got any ticks. So that's we smart. like the time of year that we went, it was really like mild at yeah. the time. Did you end up meeting up with a lot of other people who've hiked the Bruce, like, um, or connecting with them, like who've done like end to ends or? Oh like yeah, definitely. We we stayed with a few people who had done their like end to end. Cool. And like we're a part, like super involved with like the Bruce Trail Club. So yeah, we we met some pretty dope hikers. Nice. Yeah. So it was like a decent community. Yeah, I would say yeah. so. That's cool. Um what so like what were your favorite overall aspects of of this hike? Yeah, I think just being able to connect with people, like meet people, because there is adventure on the trail, mm-hmm. but there's also like adventure like depending like on the hosts that we had like there's a lot of funny stories that we like had just from like meeting so many like different people like over the amount of time that we were on the trail and so for me that was like really exciting like just 
because you never really know like what you're like we didn't know any of these people that we we're gonna be staying with so you never really know what you're gonna get yeah or like who you're gonna meet or like who you're gonna get to like learn about and so I always felt like it, that was a very exciting part of like a day it was just like who are we gonna be with today like what stories will, will we learn today yeah. um and so I, I think that was just an amazing part and getting to be out in the environment and see Ontario in such like a different perspective because it's not like when you're driving mm-hmm. uh being able to actually walk and know the like landscape in such an intimate way is it's very like it's it's really nice yeah it's so cool yeah like going from one section to another and like watching it change like as you go along the escarpment um yeah that is super cool and um how did you manage your your food, your resupplies, did you just kind of like buy food in towns and grocery stores as you went? Or did was that something that you planned out from start to finish as well? Yeah, we planned that from start to finish. Yeah. We shipped like, I think, uh, six boxes to different places and just timed it out and we had dehydrated meals. But honestly, we didn't even use a lot of dehydrated meals because most of our hosts would like make a meal for us nice. when we got back. So all we really had to worry about was like breakfast and lunch sometimes um so yeah we just we had the we shipped the refill boxes with like things and then we also had like meals from the host depending on like where we were um and then if we ever like got low on something and wanted to go grocery shopping we just go what was what was your favorite meal that a host cooked oh i know we had <laughs> i know like there is one time we had a lot of good stuff there is one time where we had this was like a lunch that they made, but yeah. it was like a Gouda cheese like sandwich, and it was Ooh. so good. And also, like with the historian in St. Catharines, we went to this restaurant, and I got a vegan ch- Philly cheesesteak. <gasps> it was so delicious. Whoa. It was so yummy. And we stayed with this woman who went to like a cooking school, and she made like homemade pizza and like sourdough. Oh my and it was God. just so like it was so yummy. Like we had like the food on the trail that we got to taste was just delectable it was so like I know that we had so many like great meals uh we were very well fed like (laughs) I had so many food cravings on the trail one weird thing that like I started craving was like apple juice like every time like after a certain point I don't know why it's just like I just need juice and like I would ask like the host oh like can we stop at the gas station and one day I picked up like five bottles of apple juice (laughs) two like things of Canada dry and like a big like brisk lemonade and then before we even got to the house like all eight bottles of like the juice i had gotten were gone oh my god i like drank all of them (laughs) and like i chugged it because i was so like i was craving them so badly yeah Um, so i definitely had some like pretty weird cravings yeah it was yeah you were probably just like always so thirsty like even if you're carrying a lot of water yeah just like you just get parched you know and need sugar and Mm -hmm. and water that's cool um, you mentioned before, before we started recording that like there were some places that you really loved that you want to go back to. Um, like I think you mentioned Collingwood yep, was Collingwood one of them. for sure. What are some of the places that you, you plan to go visit again? Yeah. So there's time? Collingwood. There's a little town like near Sable Beach. I can't remember what the little town was, but that was also like really pretty. I want to go back to like near Tobermory and some mm-hmm. of those places and I would love to see those places in the winter so yeah. going back Grimsby was also really nice we went to I recently got to go back to Creemore and like I loved that a lot 
and just like those I feel like the little towns like we had this I don't even know like where we were but one day we just like were walking through and we we saw this like old little diner and we just went there for lunch and it was super sweet and so being able to like go back to some of those tiny 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 towns like with the cute names like lavender and like all that (laughs) I would love to go back to some of those places. Yeah, just like do a road trip. Yeah, and a lot of those places are really cool in the winter. Um, I have to know, when you were in at the end of your hike, when you were on the peninsula, did you go to the grotto? Oh, yes, we did. Nice. Okay, yeah, okay, we went good. To the grotto. It was, it was gorgeous, just like everybody had said it was going to be. Yeah, it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Did you go into the cave? No, we didn't. Oh, okay, it was okay. too, the water was freezing. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, Bay. <laughs> I felt like I would need like a. I met we one of our hosts like loved to do like this thing called swim packing, which is like you Whoa. go in a wetsuit and you like strap your like a floatable bag to you and then you swim instead of like canoeing. You're swimming to your destination every day. You it's, just taught me something I've never. Yeah, heard I had of never this. heard of it either. It's called swim packing. It's actually pretty cool. I don't know what? if I like try it but like she did that a lot in Georgian Bay and would go swim packing wow that's incredible yeah now that's another thing I need to talk about on the show yeah and just like learn about in general wow that's so cool um sweet well what so I know um at the end of your hike you said that um Black on the Bruce would be sort of like an ongoing project so um what's the status of the project today or you know what what um do you have coming up yeah so i'm back into universe the full swing of university yeah um and so i think a lot of my work now is like engaging with my like university community and doing like events with some of my student groups um and connecting with those groups that I met like Diverse Nature Collective like Black Canadian Hikers Let's Hike Toronto that are doing that work uh, for black environmentalism and like I hope to like continue to like see those people on hikes and see how to bring like community into like the hiking now that I've done Hike on the Bruce Hiking on the Bruce I like would feel like comfortable like bringing people out and showing them some of my favorite spots Uh, because I definitely want to share some of the beauty that I was able to see on the Bruce Trail. That's so cool. Oh, that's exciting. Um, Well, yeah, that's just, it's so amazing, like, when you can share things like that with other people. What did you think of the Hockley Valley? Do you remember going through Hockley Valley? Yes, I do. What did you think of it? Oh, I liked that spot a lot. Yeah, Yeah. I liked Hockley Valley. I didn't get to stay, we didn't get to stay at the overnight rest area. Yeah. But we were staying, like, right, we were staying... It was funny. We were staying in the house that owns the property that the overnight rest area is on because oh, really? our host was the person who like owns that property. Right. Because, yeah, there's like a cow field or something yeah. like, right next to where the, the overnight spot is. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, so we so stayed, stayed like there? with the people who oh, like cool. own that land and they're very um, sweet. And so getting to like be through there and actually the person who we were staying with, he like helped like do the trail and he had hiked the Bruce Trail in like the 70s or something wow and like hiked it like decades ago and continued to like support the Bruce Trail yeah um and so I thought that was pretty cool that like that he had hiked it so long ago and like continued to like make an effort to support the Bruce yeah that's that's super cool well um yeah thank you so much for for coming over and and answering my questions was there anything else that you wanted to say Um, for anyone who might be listening, no pressure. I can always edit that question out too. Um, yeah. Is there anything that you'd like to say to 
you know, to people who are listening or anyone who might be considering, um, you know, hiking on the trail or anything like that? Yeah, I'm working on putting together some like logistics videos for Ooh. the Bruce Trail because that's something that like I couldn't find a ton of when I was hiking the Bruce. So I'm putting working on putting together some YouTube videos for that. So I guess just staying updated on my Instagram page, like at just.zee. So your Instagram handle is at just.zee? Yep. Okay, cool. And that's where people can follow you and, and just like keep up to date with what you're working totally. on and what you're putting out and like, okay, cool. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Well, that's really exciting. And, uh, I can't wait to see what you put out and yeah. Congratulations <laughs> on your through hike. That's so badass. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks welcome. for having me on. Yeah. No problem. My pleasure. <laughs>